Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. What do you do if you don't have any capital, but you want to get into food production? Food production at its roots, hands in the soil, growing stuff. Well, you could take a leaf out of the book of Jonathan Mines and Tay Luke Hurley. They've started growing vegetables for sale near Otaki in the Horofenua region, north of Wellington. Their business plan is unconventional in many ways, noble even. They have no capital, no land of their own. And get this, they'll allow some of their customers to just pay what they can. I've come to Crooked Veg Otaki and I'm with John and Tay showing me round. We've been here for about what, four months and we have about 400 metres worth of garden space producing a little bit of food but only at the beginning stages. Jonathan's just ahead and we're just going into the polytunnel. Oh, it's warmer in here. It's it a cold, chilly winter's day out there, isn't it? What's going on? Once we're in under the plastic, the southerly hits. A good time for John to explain the trials going on in this tunnel house. We're growing at a hand scale. We don't use a tractor or, or any fossil fuel implements. Uh, and so we're at a big disadvantage compared to, compared to the efficiencies of a large tractor. So what we can do is we're at a human scale, so we can grow things in a more intricate way. So we're, we're growing here with sort of reasonably conventional spacing for, for our chard and our kale and our cavolo nero, but we're growing rocket, uh, puck choy, and spring onions in between those, uh, which are maturing just before we start getting harvests off our kale and, and chard. The idea is that the faster-growing veggies provide much-needed cash flow before the slower crop harvest, and the mixed planting improves the soil. When we're on a small acreage, that's two months where those, where those beds are not producing an income. So if we can take an income by selling 30 bunches of puck choy off that bed before we're taking a harvest, that bed is more productive. Uh, and that, that's kind of the stuff that tractors can't really do at the moment. Um, not using a tractor is partially a choice to stay away from fossil fuels it's also we don't have any capital so so yeah, that's a big issue yeah it's a big <laughs> issue so 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 doing you know we've got to find ways to be smarter doing it by hand the pair behind crooked veggie were city kids john grew up in christchurch and nelson and has worked and tutored in film my mum tried to get me to help her in the garden and i just went and played video games instead you know so farming or growing vegetables is kind of something that it came to me in my 20s, I think. Um, yeah, it was definitely, it was definitely like surprised and confused a lot of people in my family and friend groups. He met his partner in this venture, Tay, while working at a market garden in New Plymouth. Tay grew up in the suburbs there and studied music before she realised she'd rather have her hands in the earth. I love getting dirty. I love seeing all the worms and bugs and stuff. 
I love seeing mushroom. You just, just you know, just all the, the the life. And I don't like that. Not everyone can afford this kind of you know organic regenerative food. So I kind of want to. I want to get food to the people that everyone needs it, but to everyone. Yeah, yeah. The squally showers move on, and we head out to check out the rest of the operation. Tell me a little bit about this um, land, John. Um, yeah, so we're, we're, we're renting land. We house with a lot of landowners and eventually found a situation that suited where we wanted to be, and the landowners seemed like we had the right or compatible politics and compatible interests in how we manage the land. Um, now, so we actually probably need to stop here because you didn't just hassle a lot of landowners. No, OK. <laughs> that's, <laughs> what happened? That's, a, that's an abbreviation. Um, <laughs> well, we, we, yeah, again, we couldn't afford to buy land, so we needed to, needed to find... And we suspected that around New Zealand there's, a, there's enough people with far more land than they need um, sitting unproductively, and it, it could be used in, in better ways, whether that's in sort of environmentally motivated vegetable production or if it was being put back into native trees or if it was being put back into to wetland. Um, so there's a lot of people who, who have more than they need who don't necessarily have the ability to manage it. Uh, so we were, we were trying to find those people, but those sorts of people don't sort of hang out in the same spaces as... <laughs> as as our scrubby young people who who want to do something on the land, um, so so we put word out amongst other growers we know, uh, just kind of all of our networks. We made a spreadsheet of everyone we knew who might have a connection to a bit of land. Um, we also put word out through Organic Farm NZ's Facebook page and a group called Village Agrarians who have a website which. Uh, has a land matching directory for uh, people looking for land and people with more land than they need. And here we are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you now have a patch of land out yep. here near Otaki. Yes, yep. the owners have 10 acres. Um, they're managing about nine of that. Um, is split between an organic pear orchard, uh, a heritage rose nursery, uh, and then they're rewilding a wet patch into natives. Um, so maybe a quarter of the property is being replanted in, in native trees. They don't have a plan for what was happening on this paddock. Um, and so when they heard we were looking for the bit of land, they were like, oh, maybe maybe you could do something with this, this little patch on, our, on the corner of our property. And how big is it? It's about it's just under an acre, so about 3,900 metres. It used to be an old, an old orchard. We're moving towards the main growing area, some of it under tarp to kill weeds and prepare the soil for spring planting without the need for tilling. And John explains the philosophy behind their unconventional veggie box plan. I guess our dream, and uh, we're not putting all our eggs in this basket, but the thing that we're trialling in the spring is a pay-what-you-can CSA, so basically that looks like a veggie box. Um, CSA stands for Community Supported Agriculture. Um, so within within Ortucky we'll be distributing vegetables on a weekly um, harvest. Oh, so people will take, take a share of our weekly harvest um, uh, and commit to, to taking a share of that for, for 13 weeks over the season, over that season is our trial. And we ha we'll have a suggested price of, of what we need to cover our costs, but we're, we're allowing people to pay what they can. Um, and so that the idea behind that is everyone deserves access to healthy, fresh food that's grown in a way that doesn't destroy our environment, because we have, we have to be growing food in a way that doesn't destroy our environment. Is it everyone... the case that veggie boxes, you think, are 
expensive at the moment? Are they I don't, only accessible? Actually, I actually to... don't think veggie boxes are that expensive at the moment. I think supermarkets are pretty expensive for what they're offering. Like you can get an organic veggie box at a price that's pretty competitive to the supermarket and it's seasonal, higher quality food and you can know where your food is coming from. Even then, like if you're, if you're a low-income family, everything's crazy expensive at the moment. That's probably more to do with our housing costs than anything, but... Um, that's a whole other political conversation that, that I'm so not qualified pay, to talk about. Pay as you can. Yes. It's, it's, it so sounds it's a, like a noble idea. Is it going to work financially? We'll find out. <laughs> uh, we, we'd like to think it can, but as, as I said, we're not putting all of our eggs in that basket. We do do some We will be doing some conventional wholesale and have a couple of other outlets as well. If it works well, then our, our dream is for that to be our entirety of our our outlet is is local veggie boxes on a pay what you can model and and so we're we're asking i guess when we do that we're asking for a fair bit of community buy-in right autaki's a a mixed crowd there's 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 a bunch of people of means who've retired here and there's there's a lot of there's a really large like income gap across autaki and so we're, we're asking people um you know, if you're able, maybe you could pay a bit more and support one of your neighbours or one of the other people who's who's involved in getting veggies from this farm um, as, a, as a means of spreading mutual aid. You may think it sounds pretty out there, but John says it is being done elsewhere. People in New Zealand think that's pretty radical. Um, but I, I've seen it, we've seen it with some farms in America who, who offer their CSA veggie boxes on a pay-what-you-can basis. That, that really kicked off for some farms through COVID where a lot of families were struggling and a lot of other families were doing all right. They, they asked their, their CSA members, um, the people who were getting their veggie boxes or veggie bags, if, if some of them wouldn't mind paying it forward to, to the families who couldn't afford, afford the cost to keep getting veggies every week. So that's happening in America. It's happening in, in places in Europe. Um, we see it happen in other industries. Like in Autaki, there's a there's a barber that runs on a pay what you can basis, and you know they manage to provide haircuts for people who can't afford them while while making a wage. You know, um, and and a lot of a lot of the community is 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 happy to pay it forward when when they understand that doing so is supporting someone who who can't norm- normally access a fairly basic service. Now, John, you also live quite close to where you're cultivating the vegetables. Yeah, about ten metres away. Um, I, I was living in a it's not here anymore in a, a leaky van that a friend's mum lent me, which was very kind. Um, I've upgraded to a. Porticom. Um, and which, there it is over there. Yeah, yeah. And there's a small caravan nearby as well. Yeah, yeah. So Tay was living in that caravan as well. So those are slowly, one day when we're paying ourselves a wage, we'll be able to move off the land and live somewhere that has power and running water. Um, at the moment, it's it's quite good to be close to the project. Um, I suspect in a year or two, I'll probably, probably be a bit tired of waking up and looking at all the work I need to do. But yeah. You're obviously really committed to this project yeah. um, because it, it doesn't look that comfortable for a no. start. <laughs> no. Uh, no, 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 um, no. I mean, uh, yeah, I, I, have, I have a little bit of solar power now. I can charge my phone and run the lights if it doesn't rain for too many nights in a row. It's, it's, it's getting there. It's getting more comfortable. You've yeah. set this up as a registered charity. Yeah, yes, yeah, which, which is a slightly funny legal structure but New Zealand New Zealand we don't have a legal structure for for social enterprises so it's sort of the closest we can get and so yeah we, we've we've done that um, as I said like capital is a is a big challenge for us and so but we are we're trying to do this socially radical thing of the pay what you can veggie box um, so having charitable tax status for that work 
gives us a little bit of breathing room. It also gives us a little bit more space to apply for funding um, and some of the grants that are available in these sorts of regenerative and agricultural and uh, social change spaces. So, so it opens up the ability to, to work with things that don't necessarily produce income in a way that a typical farm would um, and sort of opening up the farm as a, as a space for public learning. And Now, when you do need money for infrastructure, mm. I mean, what do you do? We will be applying for some grants for, for a little bit of um, infrastructure projects. We'll, we'll be launching a crowdfunding campaign soon. Um, we'll be asking community and friends and extended networks um, for a little bit of support getting in those sort of bigger one-off infrastructure costs. Because there at will the be mo- a lot involved, won't there, in, yeah. in setting this up? Yeah, because so at the moment you haven't got any sort of structures, any, any yeah. beds? I mean, the stuff that we're, the stuff that is built, um, you know, I was at the timber recyclers today and we carve it, we get timber from the dump and I get into dumpsters and, and pull stuff out to build things out of scraps. Um, but I would, I'd really like to not be doing that for absolutely everything. Um, We've only been here four months, but people sort of know to give us a call if they've got some things that they're getting rid of. Um, but you know, we're not we're not builders. Um, we're learning this as we go, and it would be yeah, it would be great to pay like the right contractors to do the work that they're good at, and we can focus on gardening, which is what we're good at. When will the veggie boxes start? Uh, we'll, be, we'll be launching that in sort of mid-ish spring, so so late October, early November, um, and that's that's a collaboration with a, another veggie grower. Jack Leeson, who runs Ahu Ahu Garden out of uh, the Otaki College. So, will you be able to feed weekly? Yeah. So, uh, we'll be doing a, we're doing a we're we'll doing a weekly veggie box with him. Yeah. How much produce do you think you're going to be able to get out of this piece of land? Um, so, we we think in the long run we'd be able to produce uh, enough food for 100 families on a weekly basis. Um, we'll be trialing the pay what you can CSA on a 25 family basis. Um, that's a whole different way of distributing food for us, and there's a lot of there's likely a lot of teething issues, and uh, we're optimistic about uh, bringing in the community support for for that project. But a lot of people are quite cynical about it. Understandably, it's a not a normal business model at all. Um, so yeah, we're not we're not putting as I said, we're not putting all our eggs in that single basket. Um, yeah, we're doing a little bit of wholesale, a little bit of like kind of higher value uh, niche crops for for some restaurants and bits and pieces like that. For the founders of Crooked Veggie, proximity to the capital is all part of the bigger idea. If I if I talked about changing food systems five years ago, people were kind of like confused at me. But I, that that seems to be something that's part of the everyday vernacular now. And and I guess Wellington being like centre of political well politics in New Zealand's beehive, and it's where a lot of a lot of like activism spaces are happening. Um, I don't know if people who live in the city who are, who are crying for, for food system change necessarily know what that looks like. So we, we wanted to be kind of close to where, where potentially being a visible project might be able to influence some change in some people, you know. Probably we need a whole social restructure to make proper food affordable to everyone, but I don't know how to do that, so this is what we're trying to do. And if you're a grower with no land or a landowner who'd like to link up with growers like Jonathan Mines and Tay Luke Hurley, villageagrarians.org has a directory where you can sign up. We'll put a link to John and Tay's crowdfunding page on our webpage. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com 
or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.